Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello, Swath Nation. Do you remember that Saturday episode where we didn't have an intro and an outro? Well, it sort of happened again. You see, we actually recorded an intro and outro this time, but I left it at the studio and then I've come home and I don't have that bit with me. So, yeah. Uh, The rest of the podcast is fine, though. So we're actually going to have like a full Clash of Champions review, but you don't get to hear some of our little ramble nonsense or iTunes review where someone left a one-star review. So maybe we'll read that out on Wednesday's episode. So for now, uh, here's the Clash of Champions review. And I will try and actually get this sorted out. And I'll stop being a bit rubbish at it. Love you, bye! Where, because I'm feeling better, and I can do a few sentences without bursting into loads of coughs, we're going to have a bit of a ramble. Hey! Yeah, we're going to talk nonsense for a bit uh, before we get into the body of the video, which some people love. I think they're a small vocal mi- uh, minority. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people just click the timestamps really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but, or, uh, or they claim there's no timestamp there or the timestamp doesn't work. Sometimes that happens. Because I don't think it works that well on uh, mobile phones. Mm. We'll find a way around it. So yeah. the big thing I want to ask you that I didn't get a chance to ask you last week mm. was how the hell is John Cena? How was he? Yeah, because, of course, yes. you interviewed John. I certainly did. Uh, what a wonderful chap. Mm. Uh, very nice. as You can probably tell by the, the interview clips. Very calm very like humble very uh, respectful man yeah just just really nice he was a lot cool like cool and calmer than i think i was expecting like i was expected to go in and be like it's john cena but no john cena was there hello i'm john cena i am here to promote my new film it is called ferdinand mm-hmm. i am i voice a bull this bull is very cute and I, li- I really like him. He's very good. And that's basically what the, the interview amounted to. And then we start talking a bit about wrestling. And then he got very much into WWE speak, where he'd given those answers a thousand times before, and he knew them verbatim. He knew mm. exactly what to say. Yeah, he, he did seem to be on another... He was operating on another level. Yeah. Definite company man. And uh, it, it, was, it was weird, because the next day I saw him on Jimmy Fallon, a clip of it, 
and he was <coughs> it was a completely different <laughs> person. That was the, probably the John mm. Cena I was expecting. Yeah, was that? But like, I, I thought maybe zany John Cena. Well, I thought maybe it's because I came in from Wrestle Talk, so his guard just instantly went up because he was like, "These guys are going to come in here trying to get scoops and try mm. to get uh, stuff out of us." So I'm just going to just be on my guard. I'm just going to say very sensible things. But actually, um, watching other <laughs> interviews from that same junket, he was kind of the same with everyone. Mm. So I, I don't know. But he was very nice. Yeah. And um, he really, like, I, I felt that the two times he really came alive was when we were talking about weddings because he's getting married to yeah. Nikki Bella. So we were talking a little that bit about... That clip didn't go up, actually. No. and um, About dancing. About dancing, yeah. And then I mentioned that I just got uh, married. So that was, And then all of a sudden, like, he, like, he stopped mm. being this still John Cena and was like oh congratulations and we like, I mean, that, was, that was really nice yeah. and right at the end of the interview when I said I really enjoyed your match with Nakamura and he was just like oh man that's, thank you so much but then I, my favourite I wish it was on camera Yeah. when I shook his hand and he said he goes gotta learn to pop out of that exploder suplex give me a little wink <laughs> did he tickle the inside of your hand as well with the, the shake because that's a Masonic thing is it really yes what's, that's a, what's a, Masonic oh like uh, like the Illuminati Oh, right. Sonic Lodges. Oh, okay. Uh, Freemasons. It's, it's not like um, Sonic's brother. Talking about, oh, Masonic. Masonic. No, my, my brother. Yeah. Masonic. Uh, so, being the bad YouTubers that we are, we preferred to chit chat just then, and I completely forgot we've got awesome t shirts on. Which you gave me specifically to wear for this. Yes. This, this wasn't like a, oh, hey, should we wear these two t shirts? It was very much, you're my boss, and when wet no, this down t shirt. No, no, this is, you wanted to wear the t shirt because <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know about you, Luke. I wore the t shirt on the way to the studio. Several women just threw themselves at me. Yeah? Yes. I mean, I, I've only been wearing mine for a little bit mm. because I, I went down to go grab uh, our lunch. And um, the looks, there were honking horns. Yep. There was everything. I, I got all sorts. I went into Tesco's, which is like a supermarket chain in the UK. And everyone just started shouting yes at me. Yeah. Yes. I, and they were like, where can I get it? Where can I get that T-shirt? A random person. I, I don't even know what Wrestle Talk is. I got uh, my food given me to given to me for free. Mm. I was I was like, oh, here's the money for it. They were like, oh, no, don't, don't, don't give me money. Just tell me where I can get this T-shirt. An old Italian man. Must have been about mid-90s. Like, such a crinkly face, a face like a road map. Just came up to me, put, took my hand in his, muttered something in Italian, and started crying and kissed my hands. Wow. And then he's been following me around ever since. <laughs> oh, is that who that yeah, is? Yeah, that's who that guy yeah, is in the, I, in, the, in the kitchen. I did wonder. Yeah, he's, he's whipping up a nice bolognese. <laughs> so... Yeah, and but yeah, he, he's he's just seen the T-shirt, and that's what happens. So if you want to get any of those effects, which definitely did happen, asterisks, yeah, maybe they didn't, then go to the link in the video description below or the eye above our heads. You are you sure you're okay? You got me. Do you remember that period of time? Punching for... my leg every time I cough. Do you remember that period of time on Wrestling Observer when Dave had a really bad cough mm -hmm. and it was just it was horrible to listen to because like he had an awful cough. You know, like when your cough was really bad last week and we would just cut the records. <laughs> yeah. So we, and we would just edit around it. Like him and Alfred just kept all those coughs in. And because Dave is the kind of guy that would just he's Mr. No Days Off, mm. like his dad died and he was still recording radio shows. Well well that's what you've got to look forward to, people. This uh <laughs> this kind of tickly cough that uh, just just peeps out. It's I'm trying to talk over it. I'm yeah. gonna talk through the I, cough. I like it, man. It's yeah. it's working well so far. But yes, do not tread over the plug. We're getting distracted sorry, from yes, the plug. Sorry, do apologize. Eye above our heads. Link in the video description below, and you too can get one of these t-shirts. <laughs> 
T-shirts. One of these one, T-shirts. One of these in awesome either black or white. Yes. Just one more thing before we get into the actual meat of this video, the Clash of Champions review. We put up a poll on Friday or Saturday's uh, predictions video to, to ask you what should the punishment be. I said mean tweet. I think that would be a fun video for us to do, for us to read out your your horrible comments or horrible comments we've received on our videos. And you said... Cinnamon challenge. Now, mm. this is based on... I was against this, by the way. You very much were. And you said, I don't think we should do that. But I have a <coughs> memory in my mind. So about 10 years ago, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, I mean, nine, nine, ten years ago, mm-hmm. I was doing a podcast with uh, a friend of mine. I was just, I was fresh out of university, bright-eyed and bush-tailed, and I was like, I'm going to do a podcast because that's what all these. Uh, I think that, that's going to be a trend that people are going to get on board with. I'm going to get, I'm going to do a podcast. So me and my friend, about ten years ago, started this podcast ahead of the curve. Two thousand and seven. I uh, called Ladcast. Wow. That's what we were. That's what we were called because that's how brilliant we were. Because it was he was Drew, so we mm. were Luke and Drew. Ladcast. Nice. Although, as some of our listeners pointed out, it did sound like uh, one of the naughty channels towards the end of um, mm. uh, Sky and Virgin listings. So anyway, so we did that, and we used to do sort of punishments on that as well, which doesn't really work in a podcast format. But on one of those, we did do the Cinnamon Challenge, and it was very, very funny. We filmed it. It's probably still... It's up on YouTube <coughs> somewhere, I, I'd imagine. Well, we'll link to that if we can find it. If we it. can find it. A very young me um, without the beard. Mm. Um, and... Um, and it was just really funny and really humorous. And so I've kind of sort of that. I was like, oh, and I thought about it. I was like, that'll be a brilliant challenge to do until I suggested it. Then I was reading the comments where we were like, oh, you know, that's really dangerous. And then I mentioned it to my wife. She was like, oh, no, that's very dangerous. Like, yeah. You so really what is it do. that it sucks all the moisture out of your mouth? Yes. It's cinnamon. Be- it's impossible to swallow. Mm. That's that's the the, uh, the gimmick of it. And then you end up just sort of like, um, and then you sort of end up choking. I know and- a few people. <laughs> And then you sort of end up choking and spluttering and Mm. then you just get all this dry horribleness in your mouth. The perfect thing for someone who's recovering from a chest infection and a bad cough like me. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. You're welcome, And of course, that won the poll (laughs) by about uh, uh, 500 votes, but it was still pretty close. It was like 46 to 54. Yeah, it's closer than most of our um, uh, fantasy booking warfare. Yeah. So what we're going to do is ignore the poll. Well, so there's a reason why we're ignoring the poll. Mm. So we talked about the uh, the chili challenge, the hot sauce challenge that we did over the weekend, well, we recorded last week and then and, uh, went up yesterday. And there were a few people who were a bit upset by it because we they felt that we didn't deliver on what we had promised. Well, I say what we had promised, what you had uh, loaded. Yes, and I, what, I, what, yeah, what I just you wrote had... drinks in the title, although you didn't drink it. No, and that's my what, bad. So a lot of people were very upset, mm. like very are very upset. As people in, <clears throat> really read the titles. <laughs> yeah. You just think Sometimes that people... I don't take that into account. You just think that people go for the thumbnails. Mm. But no, people look at those titles as well. So they were very upset by the whole thing um, and felt cheated. So we thought we'll do a bit of a do-over. I just said, I'll just do it again because I've actually I've just got some new hot sauce from as one of, a secret Santa gift from a friend of mine that's made with ghost chilies. And that's that'd be great because um, I also felt that because it was made of habanero chilies which aren't the spiciest that maybe we ghost did, chilies ghost chilies, ghost chilies I've are, heard they're yeah, the worst they are yeah. the worst so I thought maybe we didn't do it hardcore enough because that's the other thing people were very upset about mm. it's like that arse blaster's not that spicy it is a bit and, uh, but, I thought but, it was spicy but delicious um, so uh, the other option is we I can bring this in you can stick with um, 
uh, Arse Blaster, and I can go with my new one. So, yeah, whoever loses the predictions we'll reveal at the end of the video will have to not only drink this time, <laughs> drink it up, to use a There Will Be Blood. Here's my milkshake. It's going to go under yours, under your territory, and I'm going to drink it up. Have you not seen There Will Be Blood? Yeah, I have, but I, I thought it was a bit boring, and I don't yeah, remember well, anything about it. It's one of the best films of the last decade. So. It's not true. Uh, the Much better than The Last Jedi. That's, oh, let's not get into this now. That was, I mean, videos are delayed today because mm. you and I have been arguing about that film. Uh, so what we're going to do, the loser of the predictions, as will be revealed at the end of the video, will not only have to down the hot sauce... A, uh, like a, a shot glass or maybe a bit more we'll do we'll like, agree we'll, on a measurement we'll, we'll agree on a measurement we don't want to go too far because mm. there is a, a certain other wrestling channel that did something uh, along those <laughs> much lines. better well, did it much better it was really good but, I, I, I rewatched that after as but also uh, got a stomach ulcer and was um, yeah we don't want to do that yeah I, I mean <laughs> it's, it's nearly Christmas mm. I, I'd rather spend it with my family in all fairness yeah and so while we're drinking the hot sauce we have to read out mean tweets. Combining the yes, two. Yes, it's the best of both. We're, yes. try, we're trying to like distract you from the <laughs> how bad the concept is by putting two together. They do it all the time in WWE. Here's a match, and one of you will have to leave if you lose, and there's seven special guest referees. The- Speaking of, shall we get into the review? Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's more like it, isn't it? Yes. Ten minutes of rambling to kick off uh, an actual show. I feel so much better now. Mm. Yeah, you got it all off our chest. So, we kicked off the... I'm using Luke's computer today for my notes. You can, so just, uh, you can just scroll with your two fingers like that. Nice. 
like an, another thing that she might have said. <laughs> so first up, big news on the pre-show. Did you watch the pre-show this time round? Uh, I watched the Zack Ryder match. Well, that's that's new for but, you. But nothing else. So I, you were interested in that match? Well, I had to because I was doing the review. Ah, yes. So I had to watch the match. Did you mention David Atunga returning? No. I skipped all the stuff around it. That better be the thumbnail. <laughs> that will have to be that. I hope, yeah, when we yeah. decide on the thumbnail and title. And, it, and it's black. Huge WWE star returns. Blacked out, question mark. Yeah. David Atunga. Yeah. So he returned on the pre-show panel, adding whatever Atunga adds. Diversity. And then we had the first match, which was on the pre-show. Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley. A match that we have openly mocked on this channel for not having a good build. It's been drawn out over <coughs> six, seven months. It's been forgot a lot. But, oh my word, in the last two days, Mojo Rawley has been doing some fantastic promo work on social media. He certainly has. And, and it was actually a, got me excited. There was a video on <coughs> WWE.com that he mm. did of an interview that I haven't actually watched yet, but I've been told is absolutely incredible, where he's cutting this essentially just like an unscripted promo on Zack Ryder about how he's accomplished very little in, uh, in WWE for all the time that he's been there and I think he said something about like you won the, the Intercontinental Championship at Wrestlemania and then lost it the next day if Maurice had slapped my dad Miz wouldn't be around I can tell you that much mm. and things like that and apparently it was a very very good promo it felt, it felt real if only that was, it, like he was, was shooting TV. from the cuff yeah it, I'm, I mean I hope he does uh, now with this new heel character he could be a real solid mid-card guy you know if, if he connects and he improves maybe you've got a future upper upper mid to main event of it. He's hoping. I mean, yeah. Jinder was champion for most of 2017, so anything is possible. But Mojo's got something. No, no, He's I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Mojo uh, is Jinder, but like, yeah. you know, Mojo did only just beat mm. Jinder in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So it was, it was, yeah, I forgot it was between them two. So it was a really uh, good promo. The match uh, was so-so. I, they went, sort of, Zack went for Mojo right away because it's a blood feud. I felt that Ryder took the majority of the match that we were shown because uh, a lot of it was commercial break, as, as these things sometimes are. And then <coughs> right, <coughs> Rawley got the win in the end. Yes, he did. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, pedestrian match. I can remember yeah. nothing of it. Yeah, I, it's just for, for a blood feud. I only felt that it was a blood feud in the in the opening minutes. And then it sort of flattened out. And I thought Ryder got too much offense if Rawley's the guy you're trying to push. Yeah. Like, based off the back of those promos, which Meltzer has said has really made a few people in the SmackDown booking room take note of how good a promo he is, then, you know, what would it have been the worst thing for Rawley to just come out and decimate Zack Ryder after initial, an initial flurry? I mean, we can talk about the, uh, the, the US Championship win, but, like, I mean, do you really want to be pushing Zack Ryder in, in 2018? Mm. So... Let's all move on with our lives. Uh, the other notable thing really is Mojo's got new music. Certainly has. Mm. And there were rumours that there could be a lot more new music because Jim Johnston's now done with the company. CFO Money wanted to make it the era of them and re-record a lot of old tunes. But this was the only one that debuted at the show. People seem to be very upset that CFO Money have, have kind of like taken over um, mm. because I, I think the, the comments, the, the, the main criticism that go around is that they just write repetitive loops, which I actually think that we're in a, a great era mm. of, uh, of entrance themes. I agree. Uh, I think something like you know, Nakamura is <laughs> a fantastic entrance. Samoa Joe's got an excellent entrance theme. Finn Balor's got a great... I, you can just name so many guys mm. and girls that have got great themes at the moment. And that's all from CFO Money. Plus, repetitive loops is kind of what a wrestling theme should be. Also, that was Jim Johnson's bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just because Johnston 
he feels like he's never got that recognition and now he just he's just left with no big uh, furore or, or announcement I th- if he if Johnston was like let go amicably and there was a big celebration of him a hall of fame induction I feel like the CF, CFO money would be a lot better received yeah I, I think he I hope he does get hall of fame yeah uh, I've written down here that Rawley really does feel miscast as a heel hmm. because he does have such an intensity like a like a baby face I'm going to do good intensity but then I, I've gone back on that I think I think he's, he's done pretty well I mean I I despised him as a baby face um, a hype a, baby face I could not stand the Mojo Rawley character and I hated the hype bros with such a passion well my least favourite thing <coughs> in NXT when they were there and I hated mm. them when they were on Smackdown Live it's basically like they are the anti-Street Profits yeah. Street Profits like it's a very similar gimmick they're, they're bros they're like hanging out and they're having a good time and having fun and I look at the hype bros and I'm like you bunch of dicks you mm. guys are a bunch of dicks and I don't want to hang out with you Street Profits I'm like these guys look so cool these i mean well montez ford looks like he's a lot of fun and angelo dawkins looks like he's just hanging out with the cool kids but i'd, I'd rather hang out with you guys mm. uh so the first match of the actual main body of the show i'm gonna say was match of the night yeah it was for me absolutely yeah, it was my agree. match of the night as well yeah so baron corbin took on bobby Roode and dolph ziggler defending his united states championship and i you know it started off and i was like hmm, this, is, this is pretty like average but like average in the oh I'm surprised it's average because I was expecting even less. It's been a terrible build for the story. Ziggler was just fudged in there for no Mm -hmm. real reason. Uh, It's not been exciting. I'm not invested in any of the characters. But then, like, within three minutes, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually into this match. By the end, particularly the last five minutes, I thought it was a great, great match with some really... Really nice spots for yeah. the finish. Do you know what my favourite spot of that was kind of like where it's, it's placed with your expectations of things. Mm. Bobby Roode hits the glorious DDT. Baron Corbin runs in, you're like, ah, Baron Corbin's going to throw him out and steal the pin because we've all seen this finish before. And Roode just reversed it and throws Corbin out. And I was like, I actually didn't see that coming. This is great. Yeah. I, I thought the whole, like, the, the final like sequence stuff of the match overall, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, and off the back of that, Roode gets the cover. You're like, oh my God, he's going to win it. Then Corbin drags him out. You're like, oh, that yeah. was great near fall. That was, I agree, that was my favourite spot of the match. Yeah. The ma- the spot everyone's talking about, though, you know, is I love it when people talk about spots that aren't dangerous, aren't really that spectacular. It just makes you go, damn, that's clever. Because uh, Baron Corbin gets Bobby Roode up for end of days, and <coughs> while he's got him up, Dolph Ziggler jumps up and gives him a, a deep six. The, the zigzag. Sorry, a zigzag. What am I doing? Uh, and Ziggler gets the win. Yeah, I've written here. What? Ziggler wins, lol. Mm. Just like, um, I mean, what is the point? I I mean, I, I describe this, this as a massive hyperbole, of course, mm. but it is the most pointless decision in 2017. I mean, should you even say it if you have to foreshadow it with... This is pointless hyperbole. No, no, I didn't say it's pointless hyperbole. I said it's massive hyperbole. Yes. But it is. But I do feel like this is just an incredibly pointless decision. Yes. It was... Uh, but I, I mean, like... Well, we, so we... <laughs> this was the only match we disagreed on in our predictions. I had Bobby Roode. You had Baron Corbin Certainly retaining. Yeah. And it was Dolph Ziggler. Neither of us expected it. So I kind of... I kind of liked it actually, right. from just a little surprise. But I know in long term it's it's terrible. But yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. It's like a lot of people said, like, oh, but it was surprising. And yeah, that's great. But mm. like, I mean, 
I, I nearly slipped on some ice when I was coming to the studio. That was a surprise, but it doesn't mean it was good. I nearly fell over. Mm. Um, and th- because like, Dolph Ziggler was treated as a, a very much a third wheel in this feud, and it's not even like he was treated like a third wheel and that's a surprise that he won. He was treated like you are just there to be the, the guy who's taking the pin. And Swerve. Well, you can't even say it's a swerve, though. I mean, you could do, but like... I look at Dolph Ziggler and I'm like, you're not winning anything. You can't. You don't win any matches now. That's your gimmick. You're there to kind of elevate new guys mm. that people are actually interested in because no one's interested in you. And yet here we are, and just Dolph Ziggler's US champion is sort of round out 2017. I just, it strikes me as the most pointless thing they could possibly do with, with that belt. It really damages Baron Corbin. It damages Bobby Roode. And it doesn't elevate Dolph. So I think it's a, it's a really bad decision all round. And yeah, I, I think it's pretty pants. I yeah, I I do agree with that, but I think it was it was such a good triple threat that I mean, it's the optimist in me. Maybe this will kickstart a really good three way feud for the U.S. title division. Ziggler will be sort of repackaged a bit, uh, but you know, wh- where's the track record? I tell you one track record that they do have though, and that is: Did you hear about uh, Ziggler's accomplishment? So him winning this belt means he has won either a belt or a Money in the Bank briefcase every year since 2010. Wow, that is really? an eight-year streak. Wow, incredible. Mm. And right, look, right at the end of the year. And look what he's accomplished in those eight years. Sweet F.A. So what about we've, we've one, done... one, one moment? No, man, he was super over back in the day. Sweet, he had one moment. <coughs> uh, I had, there was a sign that really made me chuckle in this match mm. when Baron Corbin was making his entrance. Someone had a sign that called him the Atari Jaguar of, of SmackDown Live. Is that a uh, is that a video game? It is, yeah. Uh, a really overhyped uh, console that turned out to be absolutely pants. Wow, that is niche. <laughs> he had another one that was made it me... designed specifically for you. I don't know, but he had a, he had a couple of signs uh, later on. There was one sign that said Swaff Nation. I saw it during uh, the tag match. Yeah, thank you, uh, Swaff Nation member. They did they did get in touch with us. I have got his name. Yeah, ah, but I, I've said thank you on Twitter. But you you know who you are, and everyone else. Come on, we've got t-shirts now. We know you go to shows. You should be wearing the t-shirts with the signs. We should sell signs. (laughs) The markup would be incredible. Uh, So then we go after that win, we go to Brian, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon backstage. Shane McMahon's already kitted out in his personalised referee outfit, which is annoying. (laughs) You really don't like that, do you? I I thought it was a nice bit of... um... Uh, subtle storytelling mm. uh, in this segment though where Brian was like this referee shirt is far too big I can't wear this yeah. can you find me another one and then Shane comes in and is like oh well, if you can't find a referee shirt like, you know I've got one and yeah. um, I can just do this on my own and and it was like oh so I'm going to be the referee in the match and you're just going to be on the outside right and it felt to me I, I read the scene as just like Shane was purposely trying to give like sabotage him as a mm. rep by giving him a shirt that he couldn't wear and then by trying to push him to the outside. Oh, that was really nice storytelling. It, it was nice storytelling. Uh, if and he was the heel. If he, That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> like, Brian is coming across and in the match later on as well, like, such a... He feels just. Yeah, and he yeah. feels downtrodden and stuff bad is happening to him. But he's stuff like... Stuff bad is happening. Stuff bad. <laughs> stuff bad is happening to him. Bad things are happening to him that aren't his fault. And he's trying to maintain a degree of dignity and doing the right thing throughout. Stuff bad. <laughs> and it's it's just... He's getting downtrodden by it. And like, how can you not root for the guy who's trying to do the right thing against the odds yeah or or do, do you root for him or do you root for the egomaniac son of a billionaire company boy yeah 
as as yeah, as I said, he's a ruthless <coughs> dictator, uh, power hungry dictator. Shane McMahon is the baby face in this storyline, trying to take food away from people's tables and roofs from their yeah. head. That's a great video, by the way, if you haven't watched uh, Luke's weekend video. So another thing I want to say about this is, so Shane's been pretty awful as an on-screen performer since he came back, really. You didn't really notice at the start because he was shuffling his feet and it was like, oh, Shane's back. But then you're like, ah, he's not charismatic. He's He's only got one facial expression. He's really bad at selling. But then here, I I felt like this was the most animated he's been since... A 1999 heel turn at Deadly Games. Yeah, and 1988. 88, sorry. 88? 98. 88. Stuff bad. I'm still recovering. recovering. Uh, Yeah, and actually I thought he was quite good in the match as well. Mm. Eyes bulging, sort of inflections in the voice as opposed to a monotone delivery. But, you know... What's up, Boston? Mm. These are heel traits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, hopefully it goes that way. Yeah. Next up, we have Baron Corbin throwing some stuff backstage. He was a grumpy Corbin after losing his title. He swore revenge on Ziggler. What a year Baron Corbin has had. Eh? Mm. I mean, he uh, lost to John Cena at SummerSlam. He lost his <laughs> Money in the Bank briefcase, and now he's lost his United States Championship. It's not been a great year for old Bazzer Corbs. Uh, well, don't speak up in concussion meetings. <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's the lesson there. So next up, we had. The second best match of the night for me. Ooh, Ooh. interesting. There's, there's an asterisk. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, certainly by the end, mm-hmm. but there was a middle portion of this that I thought was very bad. Yeah, so let's get into that right away. Usos, New Day, American Beta, and Rusev Day for the Tag Team Championships. Bit different from usual. <coughs> it's a four-way tag, but it's not just two people in the ring. It's four people in the ring. And I really, it really felt awkward yeah. for the, for the, not just the, the middle bit, but the opening as well. I thought this was, it was such a good end five minutes. Yeah. It made up for the previous 10. Absolutely. Me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Cause it was, there was a spot in this where I've, I've, both of them just got into rest holds and they were trying to outdo each other on the rest holds. I but think at the same that's time, what they're trying like, to do. But it's a rest hold. You're not actually hurting them. You're just sort of resting, maneuvering. Them. Yeah. If I, just rest holds in this in this four way tag match mm. that just killed the crowd. Who were actually quite hot at the start because they were so into Rusev Day and they were so into the twelve days of Rusev, mm. so into the Usos doing their entrance. It felt like a party atmosphere when, yeah. the, when the Usos were doing Good their crowd, entrance. Boston. Great crowd and uh, new get new 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 gay new day were the handing new gay the new gay hello <laughs> the new day were handing out pancakes and it just sort of felt like this big sort mm. of party atmosphere. What is with the pancakes? Well, they've been doing it for weeks now. But I, yeah, I don't. They they like breakfast stuff. Like you I know, like it was it was all stuff. about cereal. Um, you but know, when did they ago. make the change and why? Was uh, there a? I feel like there's a YouTube WWE exclusive <laughs> video out there that it, we've missed out on a lot of context. It's probably on Up Up Down Down. Mm. That's where we we've not seen it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just, the crowd were <laughs> They were so into Rusev and they were so into this by atmosphere. So they were really hot at the start. Mm. Then there was these chin lock spots and these rest holds. The crowd just died. And then it wasn't until the end of the match that they picked back up again. Mostly when Rusev was in and when Chad Gable was being incredible. Chad Gable had a hell of a run there. That deadlift German on Rusev. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... Well, I guess he started to do the deadlift, and then he went down and Rusev helped him up, but it still looked stunning. Gable's got a real fire and intensity about him. He can, And he just he just looks legit. And I, I, I read this on uh, the Reddit review. Someone commented, he really should be Kurt Angle's son. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, mate, I forgot, I forgot about that. 
he really should have been. Yeah. Because he could, I think, he could have made that work. Yeah, but he's shorter than Jason Jordan, so they had to pick Jason Jordan. Mm. But I love what they're doing with Jordan. That's but, one of my yeah. favourite things about WWE right But now. if you had it Gable in that role, we probably wouldn't have had to go down this turning <laughs> yeah. him heel route. Yeah, it wouldn't have been an experimental... Like, always, oh, we're going to try and do him as a babyface. That's not working. Let's yeah. go the spoiled brat route. WWE's babyface problem. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the Rus- let's talk about Rusev Day. <laughs> yeah. Because he, and, well, it was, it was Rusev and Aiden English as an act. They started off with the full 12 days of Christmas. Four days of Rusev. Rusev, my apologies, <laughs> Rusev fans. Uh, and then Aiden English was like, well, that I think they want an encore. And it's like... This is such a stereotypical heel move. It was designed to get booed. That's what Elias does every week. Yeah. Oh, you want uh, who wants to walk with Elias again? And they said, who wants an encore? The crowd <laughs> went nuts. Rusev's there, like, with this huge grin on his face. How can you hate the guy? He was so amazing. <laughs> All of his facial reactions went every time they did a new day and mm. a new thing. He, his face was superb. I'm, I mean, I've literally written here, 12 days of Rusev, uh, days of Rusev Rusev is so good mm. and English is great in this role as well I love them as a tag <coughs> and it's funny that we're talking about the um, talking about the Dolph Ziggler thing the um, the odds makers well the odds for that match were very very interesting mm. in that Ziggler was just like so far from being like you know he was just third by some margin in like the odds of, of who's going to win that it suggests that the decision to put the belt in him was done very 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 late in the day possibly even during the match mm. because there weren't even any of the WWE writers room who were able to place money on it it's like they usually do yeah the smart money the smart which money. comes in about half an hour before the show starts yeah so like there wasn't even any smart money that came in which makes it sound like it was you know possibly an audible in the ring or an audible just before they went out I disagree with that just because the last spot was so that like that's that's something that's planned. That's the yeah. But the if you did that, you could do that. In, you could work that out in Gorilla. Um, mm. And uh, so th- that was kind of it. And the they were saying on Wrestling Observer Radio that Vince probably wanted to do that because everything on the show seemed so predictable. Mm. As you know, we can show yeah. in our in our predictions here. But everything in the show seemed like it was pretty cut and dry. So they wanted to do that as a surprise. If it were me, this is where you'd you'd have done that. Like call the audible here. And have Rusev Day win the belts. Because, like, I love the Usos, and the Usos are great. But, like, there was one team that that crowd wanted to win, and that one team was Rusev Day. Because there was even a spot when Rusev had Big E in the accolade. Twice. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Big E went to stand up. The crowd booed. Mm. The crowd booed Big E. Like, popular babyface Big E because they just wanted to see Rusev win. Did you notice Big E's arm was kind of flailing? And I thought, is he building up to a tap? Yeah. And I really bought into, oh my God, Big E's going to tap. That We will have Rusev there as a new champion. And then I was like, the, you know, if if they were to do it, I think the New Day should be the ones to get the, to lose. Mm. You put Rusev Day over, Usos are protected because they lost their belts in a four-way mishmatch. Uh, mixed but stuff bad which they you know that the odds were against them they can rightfully re-challenge for the titles mm-hmm. uh, American beta still need credibility so you protected them as well the New Day you can beat them quite a bit and they're still going to be the same amount of over and Rusev Day beating the New Day phew, that sends them up into the stratosphere I, yeah, I, I completely agree I think they they should have made Rusev Day the winners yeah. and <laughs> going by the crowd reaction 
they sh- if that wasn't the original plan, they should have changed it. It would have been the ring. The, it would have been the biggest pop mm. of the night. Um, also, you talking about like um, Gable and Benjamin need to get some credibility behind them. Yeah. Need to get some big wins. Best way to do that is just have both of them suplex dudes. Just have them suplex because like, do you know who could throw a wicked suplex? Shelton Benjamin. Do you know who could throw a brilliant suplex? Chad Gable. Do you know yeah. what gets over? Let's ask Brock Lesnar what gets over. Yeah, the uh, that that it was right at the start of the match, but Benjamin belly to belly suplexed an Uso off the top rope and sent him three quarters of the way across the ring. Practically to the third row. It was insane. It was like a Shane McMahon bump. <laughs> he effectively went. But like, you think how high the the top rope is. Think how high Shelton Benjamin is. It's not like Benjamin went backwards and then threw it. Uh, whichever Uso it was like he threw him while he was still at a vertical position so that's the turnbuckle plus the majority of Benjamin's height travelling that way that's insane that's an insane arc of distance so it really was yeah really really good so uh, we both correctly predicted that by the way this is (coughs) and after that two really surprisingly good finishes to matches I was like this might be like a proper end of the year fun pay-per-view. I've been very down on this pay-per-view. You and I were very down on it last week. I got up at last night. Um, my wife and I got we stayed up a little bit late because we watched the Apprentice final and then Haven't watched, watched it yet. Well, I'm not going to say anything. We watched the Apprentice final and then watched the, uh, the You're Hired show afterwards. Mm. And so we were up till quite late, and then we were like, "Oh, I better go to bed because I've got to be up at half past five to watch bloody Clash of Champions." I really don't want to be up at half past five to watch bloody Clash of Champions mm. because I don't think WWE care about this show. So why should I? So I was really grumpy when I woke up this morning. Those two matches, though, and a really good cup of tea, was kind of perked up a little bit. I was ready yeah. to. I was ready to go. It was. It was. Yeah. It's. I, I actually forgot it was on. <laughs> Yeah. I was I was more excited to watch Star Wars yesterday. Yeah, I think I enjoyed Clash of Champions more. Oh, actually, I'm kidding. Uh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, Charlotte versus Natalia. This is where the pay per view started to take a turn for me. This was not an enjoyable match for me. This was just all over the mm. show. This was uh, all over the place and not in a good way. It was it was kind of meant to feel very chaotic, <coughs> but it just felt like an absolute mess. It's like you can have chaos with uh, storylines running through it, or you can have chaos that just looks unplanned and sloppy. And I feel like that fell into the latter camp because it was a lumberjack match. You had majority heels. You had the three welcoming committee heels. You've got Tamina, Lana, uh, and Carmella. Carmella. And uh, then you've got the Riot Squad, another three there. And then you've got Naomi. So Naomi's like the only babyface helping Charlotte. All the others are going after Charlotte. But then, like, why would the heels start beating each other up? Why were the heels in conjunction, like the Riot Squad heels and the Welcoming Committee heels, working together anyway? Especially considering that the Go Home Show for SmackDown was they were running the Riot Squad off. Yeah, it just it felt really badly told and not an engaging match. But then, like halfway through, I was like, yeah, but they didn't have the best story going into it. I'm not invested into this feud. But then I thought, wait a second. I was not invested in the United States title feud, and that was a cracking match. So this, this is re- I don't know whose fault it is, but it, I, I guess the booking department and the agents. Yeah, Charlotte and Natalia can have great matches. They really Cena. can. Yeah, I, I did not like this at all. I tell you mm. what, like there were several things I didn't like about this. I didn't like all of the 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 the, the stuff around ringside with no. uh, the SmackDown women standing around the ring. I didn't like all that stuff. But oh, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton 
bickering mm. back and forth about what's right and what's wrong. Is it right for the heels to beat up the baby? And they were just bickering back and forth. I felt so bad for Tom Phillips, who has to sit there and listen to this gubbins every single week. I felt, and it was, it was actively making me angry. Mm. I really, it really put me off the match. Uh, but we should give some props to Corey Graves and Byron Sexton for the Rusev Day call. Where okay. Corey Graves is like, every day is Rusev Day. Byron, when's your birthday? And he's like, August 20th. Cancelled. It's Rusev Day. <laughs> so I love a bit of Byron when he's getting beaten up uh, verbally like that. Also, um, Charlotte at one point in this did a moonsault from the top uh, rope to the outside. Missed everyone. Yeah, she just, I mean, how does that not destroy like, her legs? There were seven women below her. Yeah. Not one of them caught her it's like Miz it's like they all just stood back and just watched her land in front of them and then just sort of fall backwards into them yeah it was a horrific spot uh, there's another spot that someone sent us on Twitter and it was Sarah Logan li- no it was Liv Morgan oh Sarah Logan did oh no you're right Sarah was yeah, yeah Sarah, so yeah. there's a big brawl on the outside and Liv Morgan just like timidly walks up and throws sort of a forearm to nothing <laughs> And then she th- hit Sarah Logan. Was it? Sarah- oh, she hit Sarah Logan. Yeah, she hit her own tag team mm. partner. And and the Twitter fan uh, pointed out to us: if Lana did that, everyone would be going crazy and criticizing Lana's ability. Hey, so I don't, I'm, I don't want to be the guy that said that I, she was called up too soon. But mm. you know, she she didn't even have any takeover experience. So so not a good match. Not uh re- not engaging wrestling. A confusing story. Uh, not invested in any of the characters. Just bad, bad, bad. Uh, afterwards, oh, there was a Carmella cash-in tease. There was. In the middle of all this. Biggest pop of the uh, the match, yeah. really. And and then the heels chased her up. Didn't yeah. understand that. Yeah, Ruby White, uh, Ruby White. Ruby Wright <laughs> uh, put, a, put a stop to that. Um, and then after the match, Charlotte won with the, the figure eight out of nowhere. I thought it was quite a nice little reversal spot. Yeah. She was in the sharpshooter and kind of got out of that. Um Natty did a promo afterwards where she said that um, she was turning her back on the uh, on the WWE universe. Mm. She'd already done as a heel. But this really felt like it was teasing a retirement angle or a retirement storyline, maybe. Um, as Natalia, she's, you know, she's accomplished having the most pay-per-view matches of any female wrestler in the history of WWE. Um, mm. She won the championship this year. Maybe she thinks that she's done all she can. In, in WWE and is going to hang up the boots. I don't. I can't see that from Natalia. I think Natalia loves wrestling. I think she would happily continue wrestling for WWE. Then what was this all about? I just. <laughs> I don't know. And it really made like listening to her, and she was putting a lot of effort into. She's it. crying. Yeah, it really made me unfortunately realize how how little she emotionally connects with me. Mm. Like I, it's weird because I really respect Natalia and I really like her. And when she's in the right with the right opponent, she like I really enjoy the matches, but mostly I, d- I don't really care about her. Mm-hmm. I'm sad to say. Yeah, no, I can, shame. I can agree with that. So next up, we had uh, Jinder backstage. Well, an attempt at least. Dasha went to to talk to Jinder, but he was preparing busy in his locker room. So the Singh brothers said that they they might not even be at ringside. Jinder's so confident. I've just written here, this is filling time. Yes, a lot of filling time here. It was uh, two hours and 40 minutes, so mm. I wasn't far off with my two and a half hour prediction. Uh, b- mostly because the next match went so quickly, <laughs> as we predicted, Breezango versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, it was a quick, quick 
squash for Quick a pay per view. Um, going back to that sign guy, mm-hmm. um, when during the women's match, I think it was when Charlotte was coming out, he put up a sign that says, "Now you're playing with power," which was an old Nintendo Entertainment System phrase. Wow, he was really going through the obscure video game yeah. references. So I thought that each one of these was like you know building up like the the character he had them out specifically for them. And then during this match, um, I, I can't remember if it was for Angle or Bludgeon Brothers, he put up a sign that said, "This calls for Tecmo 2000." which is an old football game. Right. Why would it call for that? I don't know. Maybe he got the signs mixed up. <laughs> Maybe he had a really solid Breezango video game reference. Yeah. Oh, poor Not guy. sure. Uh, yeah, so what? You're a big fan of the Bludgeon Brothers. I certainly am. I'm a big fan of Breezango and the Fashion Files. Skits. As am I. So what, how did you feel about this booking? It was fine. It was pretty much exactly what we uh, we thought it might be, which is just that the Bludgeon Brothers go out there and kill them. Mm. My own issues, I suppose, my issues, I suppose, with this is that this didn't feel like it was... I said this on the, um, the Go Home show that we did. It doesn't feel like this was the payoff to the Fashion File storyline, to the, the 2B lark, mm. because I don't think the commentators even mentioned that at all. And it was over so quickly... And it just sort of felt like nothing in the match was connected to the fashion file stuff. It yeah. just it felt like the Bludgeon Brothers squashing a tag team yeah. as they build up to uh, an eventual tag title shot. Like Breezango of the Golden Truth. Just a, a jobber team backstage who you can feed to a new team you're trying to get over on a pay-per-view Absolutely, rather than yeah. just local talent. Yeah, it, that really didn't sit well with me. I, I agree with Bludgeon Brothers being put over strong. But you've got so much. You've got six months worth of story with Breezango, with sort the Ascension. Of. Why can you not work that in to at least give some context or some investment to this match? Why not have two opening minutes of Breezango comedy, where they're like, what they're talking to the Ascension outside? They don't want to get. A, maybe they keep trying to leave, and the Ascension like, no, you've got to go in there and face them. Doesn't hurt the Bludgeon Brothers at all because they're just standing there mean. Mm-hmm. And then the Bludgeon Brothers destroy them. The Ascension, you know, kind of have a stare off, and then the Bludgeon Brothers leave. Yeah. Then you've got like so you've got something there, but this was just apart from a very nice. Well, I very much enjoyed the spot where Tyler Breeze was kind of catapulted face first into the ring apron. Looked like it sucked to be, Bree- uh, to <laughs> yeah. be Tyler Breeze. Yeah, which was really really good. This was a really disappointing, bafflingly undersold finish to six months worth of storyline. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that bit to be honest. Do you mm. remember, wasn't this meant to happen at SummerSlam? Do you remember yeah, that was probably. the thing? They were going to reveal who the attackers were at SummerSlam and then it got all, it just got dropped. Yeah. And now here we are a few months later and they just sort of sort of did it I think. Uh, at, at Clash of Champions, it's like WWE are allergic to stuff getting over organically. <laughs> yeah, I know we we prefer to take the hard route with everything getting over. Come over here, Roman Reigns. Cut a promo for twenty minutes. Well, absolutely. You could tell they're adverse to things getting over. That's why they put the fashion files on WWE.com. Yeah, so a, re- a real shame there. And it was just like after the women's match, that didn't sit right with me. And then we had KO and Sammy backstage. Uh, they. Dasher, I think, probably, because she did most of the interviews. I've just called her number two. Yep. Uh, just asked, <laughs> what do they think is going to happen? Uh, and they were like, we know that Brian has made himself the referee for for a reason. And Dasher says, but what if you're fired and you lose? And then they just both quite brilliantly don't talk, look disgusted at her, mm-hmm. and then walk off. Yeah. So that was good. And then we had the match, which we thought was going to be the main event. I could have... I, I would have put money on this being the main event. Mm. And... In hindsight, looking at the way that the rest of the show played out, it should have been the main event. I don't, I'm not so sure. Okay, well, so this this, is... this match <coughs> was the only match that had any legitimate heat. Yeah, 
because the crowd were dead after this. Well, I mean, the first two matches had heat because everyone was into the right. Yeah, but that was because the 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 guys in the ring mm. kind of created that heat. Like the crowd weren't massively they're, they're into it because it's the <coughs> opening match, but they weren't into it because they wanted to see the outcome of this match. This was a match where it genuinely felt like the audience were invested in mm. the match itself, the storyline going in, and the outcome of said match. Sure. And you didn't have that with AJ and Jinder because the crowd was silent for, for most of the match. I think that hindsight being 2020, this really should have been the main event. I can agree with that, actually. Uh, so it was, of course, Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's WWE jobs on the line, not just SmackDown, with Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan as special guest referees in the ring at the same time. Yeah. So a very gimmick stipulation heavy match. And really, it was not for wrestling. It was it was two... The, I, I would say the first 10 minutes were the referee. It was the whole match was based around the referees. Yes. So the wrestling, you, you couldn't really get into it. And I don't think they booked it in a way where you would get interested in it anyway, apart from the finish. It really was... The, 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 the wrestlers were background to the special guest referees. That story. is exactly how I put it in my uh, in my review. They were background artists to the actual superstars, the referees. Yeah, and neither of whom can wrestle. One can't. <laughs> one isn't medically cleared, and the other one's a forty-eight-year-old man. And it's and it actually, you know, they the four of them did their job very well. They weren't there. They were. It's almost felt like they were specifically told, "Don't go there and have a good match. Just mm. have a match." Yeah. And what they did was solid, and there wasn't anything bad. No one was out of position. No one was out of place. But they weren't doing anything big and flashy. They did a table spot, but that was about it. A table spot, by the way, that I felt was really undermined. That during the actual main event, they'd rebuilt the um, table again. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh. Well, if it's that easy to rebuild, then I don't think going through it's that bad. Well, I know Owens was always going to break that table, but after he did it, it was like a frog splash onto Nakamura. Nakamura, yeah. Uh, on, off one announcer's table onto the other. After it happened, I was like, thank God that table broke. Because <laughs> he chucked himself up in the air. If he came down on that and it was one of those stubborn freak tables... Oh, that would have sucked for his knees and elbows. Certainly would have done. But uh, yeah, so this match wasn't like anything particularly special. However, the storyline stuff in there, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the um, uh, the, the two refs. Uh, I enjoyed kind of like them being at odds with each other at first because they were both going down for counts. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, let's just split this down the middle then, which then played into babyface Shane McMahon breaking that rule and going over to count pins on um, Daniel Bryan's side of things, including one that came later but really like this match kind of came to a head and kind of really picked up in again in its final five minutes because mm. you had randy hit the rko on sammy went to count and kevin pushed daniel bryan into shane mm. stopping shane's count and it was a weird moment there because daniel bryan didn't say like he pushed me he just sat there going like i've made a terrible mistake yeah and i, was, I wanted to go it was like it wasn't your fault mate yeah 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 you, you, you were pushed he's the baby face brian <laughs> and then um uh, there was a oh there was like some pinfall exchanges then Sammy rolls up Randy and Shane McMahon Survivor Series 1998 one two word three and he just holds it and it was, then, that was a great moment that was a really complex there was also yeah. a, a really odd moment when uh, Nakamura had uh, I think it was Owens in the triangle hmm. and Owens kind of lent him onto his shoulders so Daniel Bryan went to count as you would do and Shane was going like, it's a triangle. She didn't count that. 
Yeah, I guess what well, Shane is a yeah. terrible referee. Well, but he and because, bad at his job all round. But he wants he wanted Nakamura and Randy to win, yes, which is yeah, why he but, was trying to like you know as a as a babyface would trying mm. to screw over um uh, the the people that he's uh, he's against, and. There was actually a moment, I think it was when Randy hit the RKO, Shane jumped up and down and went, yay, hmm. and almost shouted, pin him. It was. Uh, I mean, it, that's that's like heel moves. That's such that's heel moves. Move. But he's the baby face. Uh, so, yeah, and, and run us through after that uh, the so, two count. So after the two count um, spot, there was a lot more disagreement back and forth. And then Sammy uh, turned Randy around, went for another RKO, rolled him up. And Daniel Bryan fast counted the three. Yeah. Rolled out. They didn't play it off like it was a heel turn. Well, it was justified because Sammy had Sammy had it won when Shane McMahon didn't count the three. Technically, Randy had it won when Daniel Bryan was pushed into Shane. But that but that wasn't Bryan's fault. No, that was a standard well, Bryan, he, wrestler he pushing fault. wrestler pushing a referee to break up a count. Like when Baron Corbin pulled out. I mean, is it is it a no disqualification? It was a no disqualification. No, the four the, the four way was, was a no disqualification, which was then bizarre because they had legal tags. Yeah, just, just if there's no DQ, mate, just get in. I think they're no DQ happy. Like, uh, we can't quite uh, resolve all the rules. No DQ. Let's make it a no DQ. Yeah, but still follow the rules. Yeah, and you banged from ringside. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, Daniel Bryan felt justified here because when he three counted, that was just to make up for Shane making the incorrect call just now. In Daniel Bryan's mind, no, they were cheated out of a victory. I'm going to give it to them. That's what I got from it. Yes, yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't think this was played <coughs> off like a heel turn at all. And it's kind of made me intrigued for SmackDown to see kind of where they go next with this, particularly like <coughs> because I, I want to know what we're doing with Shane. Mm. Is he supposed to be a heel? Is he, are we supposed to not agree with him? Because it's fine. If you don't want to do the baby face and heel things, because there's a bit of a discussion with this in the comments on yesterday's video, on Saturday's video. If W don't want to do baby face and heels, that's fine. If you want to just do characters, but kind of make those characters consistent and kind of like let it be known whether we're meant to agree with them or not. Mm. Because I fundamentally don't agree with anything that Shane is doing. I think that Shane is very much the bad guy in this story, yet it feels like he is being told he's the good guy. And and Brian's character and just sort of aura is more empathetic and likable. We're watching Armageddon 2000 at the moment for the Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast, and Mick Foley is sort of painted as this reckless matchmaker. And in truth, he is putting six guys in a Hell in a Cell match. But Foley cuts such a good promo where he comes across as so likable that you're like, no, I I, I actually side with you over Vince McMahon, who was trying to get it cancelled because it's too dangerous. But Vince McMahon is unlikable, and Foley's likable. So even if you are doing the wrong courses of action. Sometimes, even if you're likable enough, you can get round that. Brian's one of those guys. Shane is just like his dad. He's sort of he's become quite hateable, mm. just naturally. Uh, yeah. So, so my problem with this, apart from Randy's rapidly growing hair, I like his tufty hair. I heard he had a uh, hair transplant. Really? And that's why it does look thicker. Because you've got to, I believe. Uh, you've got to cover up the scar on the back of your head. That's a part of a... Oh, really? So you, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. I just saw it on, online somewhere. I will, I'll be honest, when he made his entrance, I was like, I do think you look better with your with, with hair again. Mm. I think you look, it just looks better with tufty hair. Uh, the same same with John Cena, apparently. Yeah. That's why he... Oh, really? His was a hair transplant as well, because he was going, he was oh, getting possibly. very baldy, baldy John mm. Cena at the back. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're transferring into Hollywood, it sort of makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? But they've got wigs. Uh, the, so my, my sort of main issue with this was... On the finish, as great, and I, I really think the finish was well booked, really interesting. 
It felt like a TV finish, though. This felt like a TV match, TV main event hmm. to build intrigue for a pay-per-view. I didn't feel to me like a pay-per-view worthy thing. This would be like a good, a really good go-home angle. Maybe that's because the match itself was so pedestrian that it didn't feel like it was a big pay-per-view encounter, a big but, pay-per-view thing. So actually, yeah, because it was all about the storyline, mm. which can be done on SmackDown. But but the, the actual angle itself, yeah. the two referees yeah, yeah. Were screwing over, it wasn't like a huge heel turn thing. It was still Shades of Grey, which I, yeah, I felt it was very televisual. Well, this is a holding pattern. Mm. Uh, and then for the main event, by the way, we both got that right. Uh, AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. The Sings were out there, despite yep. saying that they might not be needed. Speaking of hair, I've written down here, AJ's hair looked more luscious than usual. <laughs> Jinder's hair as well. Oh, great hair what in the main great event. Great hair. And do you know what? And again, I think I've said this before on this show. <coughs> Jinder looks great. Mm. Like, I, I was seeing that like, he was standing next to, or standing in front of AJ. And I was like, yeah, I can see why you were given a bit of a push. Because, so tall, Because he's he? so tall yeah. and you look really imposing. But you were booked to look like an absolute chump for the entire year. Mm. And you're not over as a result. You book someone to not get over, what do you know? They don't get over. And boy, howdy, was that evidence in this match. Because mm. the crowd were just silent for Mahal, who took 90% of this match. It was a long match as well. Oh, my God. Like When I, I saw it, it was like there was a half an hour to go. Mm. I was like, this match cannot go half an hour. And bugger me, it did. Yeah, sort of 20, 25 minutes with entrances. Yeah. But that's that's about 10 minutes longer than it should have done. Yeah, man, it just went on and on and on. Because their Smackdown, the Smackdown match where AJ won the title, which I thought was was much, much better. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is... Jinder's best match ever, much better. I, I I completely disagree. I think the SmackDown win was so much better than this. Agreed. Uh, although, you know, like, this, although Jinder took 90% of the match, I'd argue 90% of the match was AJ. Phenomenal job, uh, pun, <laughs> selling. Yep. And great, you know, just, AJ's great. Surprise, surprise. Selling his ribs for the entire match. Jinder keeps working it over. Every time AJ comes back, Jinder cuts him off with a ribs sort of offense. AJ takes out the Singh brothers on the outside. AJ then kicks out of the Callus. Callus? Callus. Callus. Why can't I say that one? Callus. Uh, so, Callus on my hand. <laughs> uh, and which, which, clean, kicked out at two. So that's sort of, and then Jinder taps to the calf crusher. Yeah. Which really does sort of potentially draw a line under Jinder. It certainly the, feels the like main it. Event and, push run. But having said that, the commentators were putting him over massively. Mm. The entire commentary was all. Tom Phillips, Corey Graves, and Byron Saxton going like, look how improved Jinder is. He's really come into his own since becoming WWE champion, since he's lost the championship. This is the best he's looked all year <coughs> long. This is the best performance he's ever given. The whole match was built around, in, on commentary, mm. let's get Jinder over and solidify him as a main eventer uh, moving forwards. At least that's how the commentary were putting it across. But I thought the match itself was very boring. And the crowd didn't care, which is why I thought the Sammy match should have main evented. And there was even a moment when they did a near fall that the crowd didn't count along with. Mm. And if there's one thing a WWE crowd loves, it's counting. And even they weren't bothered. Yeah, the it's it's really a problem with WWE's commentary when they tell you something over and over again that's demonstrably false yeah. and that you can see it in front of your eyes. Although, I do, Jinder was a lot better in this in, in ring for me I thought 
than I've I've ever seen him. He, it felt like he added about seven new moves yeah, to his repertoire. He did, which the commentators were also uh, yeah. putting over as well. Um, you were talking then about um, WWE commentators saying things that you know are not to be true. Mm. I mean, if only there was like a magazine that had an article about that. Like WrestleTalk Magazine issue two. There is, yeah. There's so many ways you can support us. T-shirts, <laughs> magazines. I, wish, I, I hope that writer who wrote that is very handsome. It was Lou. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, just a, a bit of a boring match. Yeah, I, I, I've really got very little to say about it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.